0: Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on amazon on today's episode of locked on longhorns i want to ask the question does texas have a wide receiver problem i'll explain but then we're going to talk about the defense and how much they've improved from 2021 to this season by the numbers and then the interior offensive line really the offensive line as a whole had their best run blocking day of the season and the stats show that so i want to highlight them and talk about them at the end of the show but For the first segment, I want to get back to the question, does Texas have a wide receiver problem? And, of course, I'm not talking about Xavier Worthy or Jordan Whittington, who to this point have combined for 60 catches, 813 yards, and seven touchdowns for the Longhorns, six of those touchdowns coming from Xavier Worthy after he had 12 touchdowns last year in 12 games. They have been phenomenal. But the reason I'm asking this question is because it seems as though Texas does not have a third wide receiver that they can rely on. Now, I'm not here to say that that is a huge detriment to this team or it's held them back because they're 5-2 and and they look much improved from last year, they still look like one of the best teams in the Big 12. I'm also not here to make a big deal out of it or say it's a detriment because you have a JT Sanders who I believe has 320 receiving yards on the year. You have Bijan Robinson uh, who's been very effective in the uh, passing game with over 200 yards receiving. Roshan Johnson and Keelan Robinson have made plays in the passing game. So you have, you know, weapons that are not at the receiver position that are capable of making plays in the passing game. But I still wonder if Texas has a third receiver they can count on and does Texas need a third receiver that they can count on. And when you look at it by the snap percentages this season, they've been in 11 personnel. So one running back, one tight end, three receivers, they line up in that formation. This is between ULM and Oklahoma. This does not include Iowa state. They line up in that formation 38% of the time. In 20 personnel with two running backs and no tight ends, three receivers on the field, they line up in that formation 3% of the time. So typically they're going to have three receivers on the field about 42% of the time, at least from ULM to the Oklahoma game. I'm not sure about the Iowa State game, but it still would be around 42%. It wouldn't change that much with one game. I told you that Xavier Worthy and Jordan Widdison have combined for 60 catches for 813 yards and seven touchdowns. Every other wide receiver on the roster has 14 catches for 177 yards and no touchdowns total. And Casey Kane has the bulk of that with four catches for 93 yards. We know that Sark is an offensive genius, and we know that we have a million weapons at the University of Texas, at the running back position, at the tight end position, but at the wide receiver position. And I know that Isaiah Naylor was supposed to fill in that role. I believe that if Isaiah Naylor was healthy, we'd be we'd be seeing – a heavy dose of Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, and Isaiah Nayor. but since he's went down, we haven't seen the next man up mentality that we thought we'd see. Casey Kane, by all accounts, had a really good offseason. We saw him making plays on the Texas football Twitter, making crazy catches from Xavier, I mean, from Quinn Ewers and Hudson Carr, and it hasn't been able to translate this season. And not even just talking about you know the game where he had a couple drops, you know, and Quinn Ewers missed him on the deep pass, but Out of his 93 yards, he had 43 of them on one reception in the ULM game. And so he hasn't been a factor. No other receiver on the roster has been a factor. And coming into the season, you know, we knew Troy O'Meary was coming off of a couple, you know, ACL injuries. But we thought he might be able to play a role. He hasn't thus far. Jai Hall, coming off suspension, has been active in all seven games thus far. And he hasn't really played a role. Uh, talented freshman Brennan Thompson and Savion Red have only combined for one catch. Thus far through seven games, there hasn't been any other receiver on the roster other than Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington that have made plays. In fact, in the last three games for the Texas Longhorns, albeit three wins, a receiver not named Xavier Worthy or Jordan Whittington has caught a pass. And of course, that has a lot to do with Casey Kane dropping a big one in the Iowa State game. But like I said, we talk about Sark being an offensive genius and Texas having so many weapons. It's weird to me that Texas can't attack teams or hasn't been able to thus far attack teams with three wide receivers. And I did some research to see maybe if there was a precedent for this, if Sark in his previous stops had not utilized three wide receivers the way that he's not utilizing three wide receivers this year. But when you look at in his second year at Washington, I did it to try to parallel it as much as possible with this being his second year uh, at Texas. Currently Devin Aguilar was their third leading receiver. He had 28 catches for 352 yards and two touchdowns. So that's somebody that you're going to have to worry about each week or game plan for. That's somebody that you're going to know about. That's somebody that's a integral part of the offense. When you look at USC in 2014, I had to do his first year because Sark didn't finish his second year. But if you look at Sark in his first year, their third leading receiver Darius Rodgers had 21 catches for 245 yards and four touchdowns. That's somebody that's scoring every three games, somebody that you have to account for somebody that's an integral part of the offense. And then of course, we know he had an embarrassment of riches at Alabama in his second year coordinating in the 2020 season. I mean, when you got, you know, four or five, six NFL wide receivers on the roster, that's going to happen, but they had four receivers with over 250 yards. Of course you had Devontae Smith, winning the Heisman, but they still were able to accomplish that. Jalen Waddle had almost 600 yards in six games. And uh John Metchie had almost a thousand yards next to Devontae Smith, who had eight, 1800 yards on the season and won the Heisman. So Sark in his previous stops has utilized the third wide receiver Sark in his previous stops, the third wide receiver on the team, the third most proficient wide receiver stats wise, at least on the team has had an impact. And I just wonder why, for the Texas Longhorns this year with this version of the Longhorns, with the quarterback and Quinn Ewers, albeit, you know, missing some time can make all of the throws and can get all of these, you know, playmakers involved. I wonder why we haven't seen it. And like I said, it hasn't necessarily been a detriment to the team thus far because they're five and two they They're rolling. they look like one of the best teams in the big 12 and on Saturday, they have a great opportunity to add to that case by beating Oklahoma state on the road in Stillwater. They definitely uh, outside of TCU, could put themselves in the conversation as one of the best teams in the Big 12 if they have not done that yet. But as we've talked about on on every show and at every turn, this is the part of the schedule that's going to get really tough moving forward. You have a ranked uh, opponent in Oklahoma State on the road, and then you have Kansas State, who if they take care of business this weekend and next weekend, they'll likely be ranked at that point. You have a TCU that should be ranked at that point. Then you might play a Baylor team at the end of the year that might be ranked. I just wonder if our inability to attack teams with three wide receivers, like I said, has not bit us thus far, but I wonder if it'll bite us moving forward. I wonder if moving forward in these games that are really tough against the toughest opponents in the conference, the opponents that you're going to have to go through and really come out relatively unscathed. To make it to the Big 12 championship game in December, I just have a feeling that you're going to have to count on players that you haven't counted on thus far. You're going to have to count on a Casey Kane, maybe Najai Hall, maybe a Brendan Thompson, maybe a Savion Red, a, a Tariq Milton. You're going to have to count on one of these players down the stretch to make a play, count on them to do something that they haven't done all season. And we can say that it's going to change you know, this week or next week or, you know, however, but we're over 50% through the season thus far at this point, we know who Texas is. So I just hope that it doesn't come down to a point somewhere later in the season where we have to rely on a Casey Kane. We have to rely on a Tariq Milton, somebody we haven't really relied on all season in that spot. And if we do, I hope they're ready to do something that they haven't done all season. But like I said, this offense is rolling. They're putting up numbers. They put up numbers with a backup quarterback. They're five and two, and they look like one of the best teams in the Big 12. It has not been an issue thus far, but I wonder if Texas not being able to attack teams and defenses with three wide receivers will be a problem moving forward. Coming up next, I know that might have sounded a little grim, but it's going to be all sunshine and flowers next as we talk about this Texas defense who has improved tremendously since the 2021 season. But first, a quick word from Sweat Block. Look, y'all are going to these Texas games or these college football games in a 100-degree heat, and I'm hoping, I'm praying, at least for the person next to you, that y'all are taking care of, of, of the sweat and, and making sure there's no no odor or, or anything like that. You know, honor thy neighbor, man. Making sure that y'all are, are good to go and, and clean, man. It can get hot in, in these stadiums. And, you know, sometimes people can smell a little, uh, so... Look, if you've dealt with that, you ain't got to tell me. You ain't got to put yourself out there, but I got the perfect product for you. It's Sweat Block, and it's created by doctors to help with excessive sweating. Like I said, it's doctor created and doctor recommended. So if you know somebody or somebody you love if yourself is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, said don't tell nobody. Just try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at Sweat Block. It's also available on Amazon i be feeling bad reading that, man. I hope nobody, you know, none of y'all got body odor, but I got, you know, I got to read the the ads that sponsor us. I got to sell the, sell the product, man. Sweat block on Amazon. 20 percent promo code locked on. Locked on. All right. Let's talk about this Texas defense, man. We talked about all offseason. This Texas defense coming in, they just needed to do enough like the offense was going to carry this team. But the Texas defense just needed to do enough. They needed not to lose games for us. And then in a crazy turn of events, right, 2022 has been a crazy year. But in a crazy turn of events, somehow this Texas defense has turned into a strength for this football team. And we had a history of PK. You know, his defense has taken a jump in the second year. And we still were a little nervous. But, you know, of course, as it does most times, history repeats itself. And Now we see a Texas defense that oftentimes last year looked lost and inept. Once again, now is a strength for this football team. And people can say that it's the Gary Patterson effect. I've seen that so much on Twitter that it's the Gary Patterson effect. And obviously I believe that he's been an asset to this football team as he would be to any football team, but we definitely have to give Pete Kakowski his flowers because he has this defense flying and playing as one of the best units in the nation. When you look at it in 2021, This Texas defense was 99th in the country out of 131 teams in scoring defense. Right now, currently through seven games, this Texas defense ranks 20th in the nation. That's 99th to 20th through seven games, a complete 180 for this Texas defense. When you look at total defense yards allowed, this was the 100th defense last year in the country out of 131 FBS teams, a large reason why they went five and seven when you look at it this year they're 37th in the country. Once again, we talked about if this defense could just be top 60. Some people said top 75. You know, people were just saying, just just keep us in games. The offense will win it. This defense has been winning games for us. And we noticed it for the first time with that effort against Alabama, where people were saying Alabama was going to put up 40 to 50 points. And Alabama had, you know, 17 points until about 20 seconds left to go in the game. And speaking of Alabama, you talk about this Texas defense that's only given up uh, about 18 points a game has given up 21 points or less uh, to what six of their seven opponents. They held Alabama, who's averaging 45 points a game this year on offense. They held them 25 points below their scoring average. When you look at the West Virginia game where they came out and just jumped on West Virginia, 28 to zero, and that game was never in doubt. West Virginia scored 20 points in that game. It doesn't even really feel like they scored 20 points in that game. But either way, West Virginia is averaging 39 points a game. They held them 19 points below their scoring average. These are two top scoring, two, two excuse me, two top 20. Say that five times fast. Two top 20 scoring offenses in the nation. And Texas has held them 25 and 19 points below their scoring average, respectfully. And then, respectively. <laughs> respectfully and then you look at the Oklahoma Sooners and I know they had a backup quarterback blah 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 it's the Red River showdown the Red River shootout the Red River rivalry whatever you want to call it you got to get up for that game you got to put up points in that game this is an Oklahoma offense even with being shut out against Texas is averaging 34 points a game and they held them to zero so this Texas defense not only has gotten better not only has done a complete 180. But once again is a strength for this football team you could say that the defense quite literally might be the reason that the texas longhorns beat the iowa state cyclones on saturday and yeah you know i've given pete kakowski credit i've given gary patterson credit but the players are the ones on the field and you have players legit being dominant you have players and playmakers really bringing the noise and, and, and making plays on all three levels when you talk about The defensive line, Keandre Coburn, Tavondre Sweat, Mauro Ojemo, and Byron Murphy have been absolutely dominant in the run game. This is a Texas defense that is 24th in the country in yards per carry, only allowing 3.28 yards per carry. And so what that's allowed this Texas defense to do is really make teams and offenses play with one hand behind their back. Teams have had to throw to beat the Longhorns, especially with their proficient offense, and they haven't been able to do it well enough to win games, especially with the way that Pete Kakowski has been blitzing and the way that our corners and safeties have been playing on the back end. So they've been absolutely dominant up front in the run game with their run defense. And we know that was not a strength for this Texas defense last year, a complete improvement. And we're seeing it on the field each and every week. You talk about in the linebacker room, Jalen Ford, he did not have a tackle. Against Louisiana Monroe, people were like, you know, what's up with Jalen Ford? We thought coming into the year, uh, he was going to be a huge improvement at linebacker. Did not have a tackle at ULM, which was very surprising. Since then, in his last six games, he's been absolutely dominant. Last six games, averaging 11 tackles a game, 66 tackles in his last six games. Jalen Ford has been all over the ball, made one of the biggest plays in this of the season on the defensive side uh, with the interception of Hunter Decker against Iowa State in the end zone. And when you look at Demo, he's been all over the field, making plays and coverage downhill in the run game, attacking the quarterback, 50 tackles, four tackles for loss. He's definitely come back and improved his draft stock. Uh, somebody that will be playing on Sundays and somebody that's been dominating on Saturdays thus far. And when you talk about the players on the back end, you know I got I to gotta brag a little bit because I said all off and I took some flag for it here on Locked on Longhorns from the passionate fan base. I always said that he might be the most controversial player on the team. He might be the most controversial player on the defense because every time I brought him up and, and said that he was doing really good in practice and said that he was going to have a really good year, everybody told me it wasn't going to translate and he always does this and he's really good at practice. And he's going to get burnt. Deshaun Jamison is having the best season of his career. I said that he would have a bounce back year and he's been better than even I thought that he would be making plays uh, in coverage and on special teams. And then when you look at it, Ryan Watts has solidified that other corner position. And then you've gotten contributions uh, from young corners in in Austin Jordan and Jalen Gilbo. Jade Barron has been absolutely exceptional at the star position. And then Anthony Cook and Jaron Thompson have provided a lot of great play in the safety play. And I think something that has been mentioned a lot, I've seen on Twitter and people have mentioned how the defensive communication is at a level that we have not seen for this Texas defense in a long time you can see the defense from back to front starting with the safeties going to the linebackers and down to the defensive line has been absolutely phenomenal and that's that's why you know this is a Texas defense that's top 40 in the country really by every metric so have to give the defense a lot of praise because you know, once again, we went from the timeline of events to this defense being really bad to us saying, OK, if this defense can just be competent, we'll win football games to seeing this defense against Alabama and saying, OK, maybe uh, there is some special, you know, something special there. Maybe there is some magic there. To so now after seven games being halfway through the season, we know for a fact that this is a Texas defense that can go out there, and hold, you know, these high flying offenses two top 20 offenses to 20 points or less or both to 20 points. And we know that this Texas defense is a strength for this football team. So hats off, hats off to everybody involved. Pete Krakowski, Gary Patterson, and every single player on this defense. A big reason why Texas controls their own destiny on their way to hopefully making the Big 12 championship game in December. And then next, we're going to talk about this offensive line, because I thought, you know, from watching the game, they had their best game of the year in terms of run blocking. And then the grades when they came out, They confirmed my thought that the offensive line was absolutely exceptional in the run game on Saturday. But first, a quick word from LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to. Faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So. There haven't been many flaws on this Texas football team. There haven't been many areas where we've said this needs to improve or this needs to be a lot better. Like I said, we talk about this Texas team that is five and two right now, but they were five and seven last season. We've seen. Really huge improvements in a lot of areas, especially the the biggest areas uh, that are needed to win football games. We've seen really this Texas team just look completely different from last year on all levels, whether it's the product on the field, coaching, game management, culture, uh, their energy, how they show up for football games, their effort, their toughness, their grit, you know, all of that, etc. It's been market improvement this year from last year. But one thing that through six games at least, had been concerning and actually had dropped off from 2021 to 2022 when you looked at kind of the production and the grades was the run blocking and specifically on the interior the run blocking had not been great through the first six games but what I noticed was in the Iowa State game really in the key drives especially the game winning drive and in the drive uh, before halftime where they scored on the Jordan Whittington RPO they were really moving people inside and out in the run game and when you look at their 2022 season numbers as a whole these are pff grades you could take them you know take them with a grain of salt you cannot listen to them you could throw them away you know i know how some people feel about pff but you know i think they do a lot of good things some things are a little off the wall but they do a lot of good things and i think that these grades show that the offensive line for the texas longhorns had their best day on saturday of the season when you look at cole hudson his run blocking gate his run blocking grade for the season it's 50.1, but against Iowa State, it was 54.4. When you look at Christian Jones, his run blocking grade for the season is 62.5. It was up to 65.4 on Saturday against the Cyclones. When you look at Jake Majors, it's 56.2. On Saturday, it was up to 61.8. Hayden Connor is 44.3 for the season. It was up to 52.2 against Iowa State. And then Kelvin Banks, 61 on the season, all the way up to 70.5 against Iowa State. So the numbers show that the level that they had been at all season through the first six games, all five linemen increased that level and played at a better level on Saturday against the Iowa State Cyclones. And I think that's a huge reason, might be the biggest reason why they won with Roshan Johnson and B. John Robinson combining uh, for almost 250 yards from scrimmage. Um, and then when you look at it, they had plenty of runs. that They had like five or, or six runs that were like seven, eight, nine yards. But when you look at 10-plus yard runs, they had runs of 25 10, 14, 14, and 16. So they weren't even just gashing them with huge runs like we saw in the UTSA game where you had, you know, a 42-yard run, a 78-yard run, but it was just consistent, you know, kind of enough runs to to move the chains, 10-yard runs, five, you know, 10-yard runs, a 25-yard run, B. John Robinson breaking tackles, you know, Roshan Johnson averaging over six yards of carry, just coming downhill, punishing people. That, you know, broke the Iowa State defense. And then When they were able to clamp down on the run game, you know, on the game winning drive, when they they ran it on first and goal, second goal, and third, third and goal, you know, then you come back with the Xavier Worthy touchdown on fourth and three. And ultimately, that's the difference in the game. And like John Garcia said, this was a game where Quinn Ewers was able to just do what was asked of him and not have to do too much. Sarkis put him in a really good position to make plays, and he's been able to do that and stay within himself. Somebody who was labeled as a gunslinger in this system. And the biggest reason for that is because as a young quarterback, as a redshirt freshman, he has a run game that he can really rely on. And on Saturday against Iowa State, this offensive line brought the thunder. They brought the noise and they had their best games of the season, as evidenced by their run grades all being higher on Saturday than they have been all season. This run blocking unit for the Texas Longhorns is going to have to continue to step it up and play like the level that they did against Iowa State if they're going to beat, once again, some of the toughest teams on their schedule moving forward against Oklahoma State, uh, TCU, Kansas State, you know, Baylor, and then even uh, a Kansas team on the road. That's going to be a tough game as well. Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson and even Keelan Robinson have been able to make plays in the run game because they're special running backs, and the offensive line has been shaky at times with the interior run blocking, but if they can run block, at the level that they did on Saturday moving forward throughout the season, that Texas will continue to assert themselves as one of the two best teams in the Big 12 Conference. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up next in the week, we're going to be previewing the Oklahoma State game with our newest Locked On Pokes host. I can't wait for you all to hear that. As always, Longhorn Nation, peace.